This morning, I want to talk to us about being the church instead of doing church. Now, let's just be real. We live in a culture, in a time, in a society where we think church is about what we do on Sunday. We show up, we give an hour, you're in our church, an hour and a half. And, hey, I feel good about my week. Is that really why Christ came? I mean, is that really why He suffered what He suffered? I mean, imagine for a second a a, a best friend. Everybody think of a best friend that you have or you know. And imagine for a moment that best friend stepping up in front of you against a gang full of bullies. They're ready to rip you a new one. They're ready to take you out. And that best friend steps up and says, No, let my friend go. I'll deal with you. And they give their life for you. And you go free. Would you really spend the rest of your days just sort of half-hearted paying homage to that? I mean, what kind of level of respect would you show that friend? Yet, I'm just going to be real with you guys. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that we kind of miss it. I think sometimes we, we do church instead of being the church. And so I kind of want to just have a heart-to-heart with my family today because you're my family. And if you're visiting here today, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a pretty awesome family. And we like family. We got problems, okay? Trust me, your family's got problems too. I met a lot of them. <laughs> I know my family's got problems. You've met them. <laughs> you know me. But you know what? I love my family. Sometimes family's got to have a little heart-to-heart, right? Sometimes family's got to have a little conversation to talk through some things. And so I want us to kind of talk through some things today. Because I've just been a little concerned, spiritually speaking, for the sheep that God has called me to provide watch care over. I'm concerned that we're slipping spiritually. I'm concerned that our level of commitment is, is become apathetic, complacent. I know God is not giving you the excuses that we, offer, that we offer up. Look, we can all have excuses. We all have excuses, right? And we, we can make excuses. Sad thing is we believe the excuses. We buy into them. We justify is another way we look at it. We can justify anything. Oh, I can justify why I should do this and why I shouldn't do that. Guys, I want us to... Take a fresh look at our relationship with Christ. Who He is, what He's called us to, what our purpose is. Because I promise you, if you walk in the purpose that God has for you in your life, you will experience true life. You will experience joy. You'll experience peace. Will it be hard? Absolutely. Will there be opposition? You better believe it. 
Will sometimes life just pretty much suck? Excuse the language, but yes. It can be stinky some days being a soldier. Now think about that term, a soldier for Christ. Talk to a soldier who's been on the front line. Talk to a soldier who's been in the trenches. Talk to a soldier who's, who's sacrificed much for freedom. Can I remind you, Christian, we enlisted. And it, it, it amazes me, it, it sometimes baffles me that sometimes we get upset or we get bothered uh, and we justify and we make excuses because somebody cares enough to actually confront. Somebody cares enough to actually stand up and say something or even has the audacity to, to demand or, or command, expect you to do something. But yet when I read through the New Testament, I see command after command after command that God has given to His followers, to His believers. And I'm even reminded of, He says, that if you love me, you keep my commandments. Now, we don't do it to earn favor with God, and we don't, definitely don't do it to earn salvation. But we do it out of a motivation of love. Love for God and love for one another. But can I just be real for a minute? Sometimes your pastor don't feel really loved. Sometimes I feel greatly loved. And if I had to guess, I imagine you feel the same way. I'm just being real. It's okay to be real, guys. That's what we're supposed to be. We're, we're the church. We need a Savior. We need help. We need each other. But I got a real strong feeling as I read through the Scripture... In fact, it's not a feeling, it's a fact. That if we'll be the church, instead of doing the church, we're going to encourage and build each other up in love. And that's going to be beneficial for all. And the best part about it is it's going to go beyond these walls. It's going to go into our community. It's going to go into a lost and dying world. And so I want us to focus on that this morning because I am excited about some things that God's been doing in my heart, my life, and I believe He's wanting to do in this church, in your heart, in your life. And so let's take this walk together as we look at this. I was reading an article by Chuck Lawless. Boy, there's a good Christian name. I hope he's converted, right? <laughs> Chuck Lawless. Sound like an action figure. Chuck Lawless, action figure. Anyway. He uh, has an article on Tom Rainer's uh, page, uh, great information in regards to the church. If you ever want to get resources and information, Tom Rainer's an excellent uh, pastor on, in, in helping the church kind of reflect on, the, on where we're at. And he gives a, uh, Chuck Lawless writes this article of the nine reasons Christians don't evangelize. Guys, one of the commands that God left us was to go and make disciples. So I'm going to get real again. Who are you discipling?
And if you're not investing in someone's life with spiritual things, then you need to get real with God and reflect in the mirror. Maybe I'm not doing what I was created to do in Christ. Because trust me, you were created in Christ to make disciples. You say, well, I don't know how and I'm not sure what to do. Don't worry, we're going to help you with that. That's why God gave you the church. That's why He gave you the people sitting around you. That's why He gave you a pastor. That's why He gave you a teacher. And it's okay to say, hey, I'd like to do this, but I need some help. Chuck writes, I'm not going to go through all nine. If you want to read the article, you can. But I just want to hit a few of the things that he mentioned in here. Why is it we don't evangelize? Why is it you're not sharing your faith? Why is it you don't wake up each morning thinking, okay, who can I tell today about Jesus? Who can I talk to today about the Lord? And, I, and some of you probably do that. And that's great. I hope you do. And if we're not doing that, let's, let's, Lord, help me do that. Help me have that mindset. Help me have that worldview as I go through the world. When Jesus becomes routine to us, that is, our passion for Him has settled into mediocrity. We won't readily tell others about Him. And that's true. Hey man, my, my Christian life is comfortable, right? We go to, man, we, we, we got a nice church. We're going to go home and eat, some, man, some good pot roast or go to Grandma's house. We're going to have some chili. That's what I'm having today. Oh, better be careful in the small room tonight when you come for Bible study. I'm just saying. Uh, but look, we, we got it good. Good jobs, plenty of food. Man, grocery stores full. I mean, we got jumbo, super Walmarts. We got food galore in this country. We're talking about it this morning in our prayer time. And one of my deacons was praying, and we were praying for the persecuted church, and we're praying for the underground church. And to think right now, guys, you've got brothers and sisters in some parts of the world that are literally sneaking in secret, in the cover of dark, to gather and do what you're doing. And if they get caught, they're going to be killed. They're going to be thrown into jail. They're going to be tortured. They're going to suffer for what you're doing. Gathering together with other believers to worship Christ. And so I think what happens sometimes is the mediocrity of our faith. We kind of just get, we just kind of get comfortable. And listen, I'm not all about, this ain't asceticism where we're going to deny the blessings. I, I'm not one of those guys that says, okay, well, well, you know what? Hey, even though we live in a blessed country, we're just going to deny ourselves all, the, all the, the gifts and the good things. No, no, no. That's not, look, we need to be thankful for the things we have. Absolutely. And we need to allow those things to propel us in our worship of Christ, not hinder us in our worship of Christ. But I think what happens is we settle in and we get comfortable. We don't really know many lost people anyway. I think this is why a lot of, of Christians don't witness. They don't tell their lost friends and neighbors, co-workers. They don't know anybody. Many church members are so cocooned in the church in the church world, that they couldn't list several names of non-believers they know well. If our whole world revolves around hanging out with Christians, we're not likely to do evangelism. Now, I want you to just think for a second, right where you're at, because again, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do the searching. Pastor's not, not prodding. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do that. That's his job. He does it better than I do. By far. 
Who are the unsaved people I know in my life? Who are the non-church people I know? That I mean I really know. And if your list is short, then we need to start getting outside of our bubble. And we need to start prayerfully asking God to put some people in our path. Because guess what? I've read, I've read the New Testament. He says the harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers who are few. So pray to the Lord of harvest that He'll send us out into that harvest field. So I believe God, don't get me wrong, I know you can spin it and I can spin it and we can justify it and you can justify it. But I'm going to take God and His word on this one that there's a lot of people out there in LaGrange, North Carolina, Goldsboro, Pikeville, Kinston, and whatever neighborhood you're from, Snow Hill, can't leave them out. Might be more down in Snow Hill. I don't know. Tommy, is there more down in Snow Hill? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's lost people everywhere, guys. Everywhere. And you have the good news. I have the good news. Let's go out of our way and start meeting some of these folk. We don't care about non-believers. I don't think we can avoid this possibility. If we truly believe that people need a personal relationship with Jesus, I mean, if you really believe that, that if they don't have a personal relationship with Christ, they're going to go to hell for eternity and suffer. If we truly believe that people need a personal relationship with Jesus, but we still keep that message to ourselves, how can we conclude otherwise? How can we conclude otherwise? And again, these are just a few of the things that he lists in his article. Here's my point this morning, guys. We, as a community Baptist church, as a gathered group of believers, we're, we're going to have to do some soul search. We're going to have to ask God to, to lay our heart open. We're going to have to do some confessing. We're going to have to do some repentance. We're going to have to do in resting in Christ because it's done in order to be the church he's called us to be. And so, I, I pray this morning as we go through this, as we look at some scriptures by way of reminder, as we look at some commands this morning by way of reminder, that you and I, all of us collectively, whether you're on the sideline, whether you're on the bench, or whether you're in the game, we're all in this. We're in this together. And in fact, I would say, based upon what I read in the scriptures, if you're on the sideline, you need to get in the game. And so let the Spirit of God do the work in your heart. And if you're not involved in being the church, then I'm inviting you this morning to take part in being the church and take part in what Christ is wanting to do in us and through us here at Community. So let's take a look. Three things the church is called to do. And again, our doing is because it's done. We can do these things I'm going to list up here because of who He is and because of what He's doing in us and through us. To God be the glory. This is nothing new. This is a survey. This is an overview. This is a review. Evangelize the loss. Church, we've got to get back to evangelizing the loss in 2019. There's no reason... Your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, the strangers on the street aren't coming in if we're going out. And it's time for us to go out. Equip the saint. 
That's what we gather here to do. There is a point in coming here. There is a very important point in you gathering this morning. And it is for the fact that Christ, God, has given to the church teachers and preachers. My responsibility this morning, I'm seeking to honor God in what He's called me to do at Community Baptist Church. And that is to equip you. And so with this instruction, with this correction, with this rebuke, with this uh, whatever you want to call it, this sermon, this message, my hope is that I am helping to equip you, here's some tools, to do the job. Our electrician came in, put in some nice electrical sockets up here, outlets, and, and, you know, and that's great because we couldn't plug in stuff. We didn't have that, right? And he went off and left his tools. And he called me from Newburn. He said, man, I left my tools here. And he was down there to do a job. Now, he was fine. He had backup tools, but I'm sure. But he was kind of at a loss without his tools, right? He got his tools back. We worked it out. But guys, there's a lot of churches that are sending out Christians and they're not equipped. They don't have their tools. And you can't do your job without your tools, right? Part of coming together as believers is so that you get equipped so you know how to do the job. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I've kind of gotten into this new, and I've got to be careful what I say here because I might get more on my honeydew list. But I like this little YouTube instructional videos on how to do things around the house or how to fix a car. I saw, Danielle, good job. I saw you changing out some wiper blades and stuff. But she probably knew that. Josh taught her well, I'm sure. But these little YouTube instructional videos, man, I, I actually, I'm getting some stuff accomplished every now and then. I like getting equipped, instructed, and taught to do the job. Can you imagine if I watched the first minute of a 10-minute instructional video and then decided I'd go to about minute seven and then I'll catch maybe the last part. Probably not going to help me in getting the job done. I'm just saying. Now guys, follow me here. Follow me here. If I'm only feeding periodically, I'm probably not going to be able to put this thing together. Assembly required, and I'm missing some very important points that equip me as a believer. And when we forsake the opportunities to get the entirety, because let me just say, I know what goes on in community, and you get the whole counsel of God here. We got some great Sunday school teachers we got some great children's church leaders and workers, youth programs, teen, by far a great pastor and Nate, senior saints, Pastor Dean still shepherding your hearts. And I know what I'm getting out of my study time and what I'm offering to you is coming straight from the instructional manual. But it's up to you. It's up to you. Part of this gathering is to equip the saint. It's also to edify one another. We need to encourage each other. need to build up each other. 
Can I say, again, I'm just going to be real. You can get mad at me. That's fine. You get mad at me. I'm used to that. I'm used to people get mad at me. That comes with the territory, right? comes with the job. comes with the ministry. comes with the responsibility. I'm encouraged when I see you. There you go. I just threw it out there. I'm discouraged when I don't see you. Well, preacher, I got to do this. I didn't ask that. I'm just telling you my thoughts. And I always say this, and I'll say it again. When the, if the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. Okay? I remember interviewing a, a man one time in our previous ministry for a position of an elder, which is a position of a pastor. Okay? Say it, don't spray it. Luke, you almost got hit by that one, buddy. Um, and I was interviewing for a pastor. Now, part of those qualifications, part of that instruction in the New Testament is that they were faithful men, right? I mean, let me just ask you, because maybe I'm just crazy and think different than everybody else, but could you imagine if I didn't show up for the services for whatever reason? I mean, what if this morning... The man came in and, where's Pastor Jeremy? I don't know. I hadn't heard from him. Have you heard? No, Nate, I ain't heard from him. We're supposed to be here. When all of a sudden it's sermon time and everybody's looking around. Well, guess what's going to have to happen? Pastor Nate or Pastor Dean's going to have to, on the spot, get something going right now, right? And they would and they would be fine. And, and the church would move on, right? And that's what the church does without you too. But you know what happens when the pastor actually is here <laughs> and he actually does what he's doing and the other members are here and doing what they're called to do? There's edification in that, guys. There's encouragement in that. I love seeing you. Here's a crazy one. I actually enjoy spending time with you guys. I know. I don't know. Yeah, I am crazy, I guess. I actually like hanging out with my church family. I even like hanging out with you in the middle of the week. I'm just saying. I know kids got to get up and go to school. My, you know, I got to go to go to work. And I, I know. So do those other people that miss you. I'll stop meddling. We got to evangelize the loss. Look, Romans 10:15 says, "And how shall they preach unless they're sent?" As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Your feet are beautiful, church. Some of them stink, but they're beautiful. Hey guys, we got we to get outside the walls. Wherever our feet take us, guess what? God wants you to take the gospel. Remind yourself of that tomorrow when your feet are going, hey, where are you going, feet? Come on, where are you going? I'm taking the gospel over here. Dummy, keep up. That wasn't very edifying, was it? No. It's like a guy in my last year said, edify, stupid. <laughs> we take the gospel wherever we go. We need to evangelize the lost. We need to edify one another. Romans 14, 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Guys, we got to pursue peace and we got to remind ourselves of that in-house. In 
in-house. It's, it's amazing the things we get ruffled about. I could list a few things that are going on right now that quite honestly, I don't even want to mention. But they bother me. They bother me because it reminds me of my children. And I love my children. Sorry, kids, I get to pick on you for a minute. They love that too. <laughs> but you know how kids can be, and it's, it's normal. Kids are immature. Kids are supposed to act immature sometimes, even though we say act your age, right? But sometimes as a kid, you will, you will fight over silly stuff like, Dad! Tell her to get off my Nintendo Switch. She's been on it for 15 minutes and I bought it with my own money. But Luke, you've been on it all day. <laughs> Let me have a turn. And they start kind of fussing back and forth. Now that seems a little trivial, doesn't it? Now I know you church adults would never do stuff like that. You would never fuss over silly stuff like carpet colors and paint colors and practice schedules, and banners and no banners, and oh, anyway. <laughs> Guys, listen, it's all good. It's all good, kids. It's okay. I understand it happens. Listen, it happens with me. I'm not immune to this. Pastor Nate and I go back and forth sometimes. We settle it over air hockey. Just kidding, we don't, but maybe we should. But you know what ends up happening sometimes in a home? When there is a back and forth and there's two differing views, and by the way, is one wrong and the other one right? No, not necessarily. It's a, it's a, it's a preference. It's not a right or wrong. But you know where the wrong is? The wrong is when the one gets mad at the other and the other one gets mad at the other and there's this bitterness and there's this conflict. That's where the problem is. And so you know what ends up happening in this home situation? Dad, as the ordained leader of the home, sometimes has to say, guys, guess what? Here's what we're going to do. Here's the solution. Here's what we're going to do to work this out. Now, sometimes that's beneficial to both parties. Right? Sometimes that looks like, okay, we're going to have the banners up during holidays, and they're going to be down during the rest of the year. That looks like, okay, we're going to practice on Saturday nights in January, but in February with the new Wednesday night program, we're going to try this for a few months. That's a compromise. That's a good, healthy balance. That says, Luke, we're going to let Sarah play the Nintendo for 15 minutes because you've been on it all day. Yes, I know you paid for it. I know it's yours, but we need to learn to share. And you guys need to learn to play together. And that's what a dad has to do. And sometimes that's what a pastor has to do in a church, right? Now, I'm sure for a little while, sometimes that would be... <laughs> You know, they might be upset with me, but that's okay. I'm used to it. That comes with the territory. Right? So, we need to edify. We need to build each other up. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to his edification. the saint, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets and evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Christ gave your pastor to you. Like that or not, take it up with him. And my responsibility is to equip you to do that work. Not for me and Pastor Nate to do the work. 
Not for us to be out here every night of the week doing everything that's to be done. We're in this together. All of us. Now, I agree there's some things we need to stop doing, and so that's what we're going to introduce to you today. It's time for us to start being again so that the joy returns, so that we can serve the Lord in like-mindedness, in one accord. That's where our strength is. Mark 16, 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Guys, this is our unifier. The gospel of Jesus Christ is our unifier. Put aside your differences, put aside your preferences, put aside whatever likes and dislikes you have, and let's focus on the main and the plain. And this is a main and a plain we're going to hit on this morning. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, Acts 1.8. As a believer, you have the Holy Spirit, and this is part of what God has asked us to do. This is what God has asked us to be. Matthew 5.15-16. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Guys, if we keep it under the bushel, no, we're going to let it shine. That means we're going to have to get outside these four walls. We're going to have to stop just coming on a said set time and just doing church. We're going to go out into society and be what God asks us to be. Again, Jesus said, John 20, 21, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Can you imagine if Jesus would have said, well, you know, I, I can't, I look, I got things I got to do, I got to get this done, I've got a busy schedule, and blah, 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 blah. I'm too busy to go to the cross. I don't know about you, but I am very grateful Christ wasn't too busy to hang on a cross for me and my sin. What does Christ ask us to do? What does He ask us to be? And what's keeping us from being it? The idols of our heart. The priorities. That's what it comes down to, guys. I know, I know what my problem is. It's, a, it's my priorities are out of order. When I'm not fulfilling what God has called me to do, I can almost always, if I'm being honest with myself, I can look at the priorities in my life and, and it's not in order. And sometimes life causes it to get out of order. But that's why we've got to freshly approach Christ and we've got to come to the throne of grace where He says He meets us with grace. But we've got to be real. We've got to be honest. We've got to stop putting up the excuses. We've got to stop hardening our heart. We've got to stop making those foolish excuses that keep us from being what God has called us to be. And so I will show my greatness and my holiness and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I'm the Lord. And you know how He's doing that today? It's through you. It's through me. As believers in Christ, we are that light of the world. 
We have been left here. We have been sent throughout this world for His name's sake. So what are your neighbors seeing? What are your co-workers seeing? What are your friends seeing? Are they seeing Christ in us? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5.14 Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Guys, we have the good news and we need to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, the mark of a great church is not its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. Mike Statura. That's a great quote. This is our mission. Just as God sent Christ into the world, He is sending you out in this day, in this time. You were born for such a time as this. You are in your circle of influence. I'm not in your circle. You're in your circle. And you are there in that circle because God ordained you to be in that circle for His namesake, for His glory. So be what Christ wants you to be in that circle. And that is a witness. That is through your words, through your speech, through your actions. We are salt and we are light. And we need to be agents of change. And if we've not been agents of change, if we've not been living out our identity in Christ, this is who Christ says you are. Stop being what the world says you are. Well, I'm a boss and I'm supposed to act like a boss. Well, I'm a student I'm supposed to act like a student. I'm a mechanic I'm supposed to act like a mechanic. I'm a doctor I'm supposed to act like a doctor. No. You are a follower of Christ. You are a born-again believer of Christ who's on a mission in a world that's not your home. And it just so happens that he has you as a doctor. And it just so happens that he has you as a mechanic. And it just so happens that he has you as a boss. He has you as a student. But you are there to live out your faith in Christ. To be that light in that circle, in that spectrum of influence. That's where you are. So let's go from here, church, and be the church where he sends us. Before Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, he told the church to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that he had commanded them. The early church boldly communicated God's love and scribes meticulously copied the biblical text by hand. But it was only after Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1436 that the Bible could be mass-produced. Gutenberg's printing press made the Bible widely available, fueling the Reformation started by Martin Luther in 1517 and bringing hope that the Great Commission could be fulfilled. Over 300 years later, Thomas Edison used a new media format when he produced the first religious film, The Passion Play, in 1898. On Christmas Eve in 1906, the first Christian radio broadcast was transmitted from Brant Rock, Massachusetts, as Reginald Fezzedin broadcast a biblical account of Christ's birth. A short time later, charismatic and powerful orators such as Billy Sunday and Billy Graham used the radio effectively to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Television was first used to spread the gospel in 1950 when Billy Graham's crusade was nationally televised on ABC with great success. This ushered in a new era of television preachers, including Jerry Falwell's weekly old-time gospel hour beginning in 1956. During this time, very few people knew about the work of John Backus, who had become the first to successfully create a computer programming language for widespread use. From his early work and those that followed, the computer quickly gained popularity and has now become a way of life for people all across the world. And finally, in an event to rival Gutenberg's invention of the printing press, the internet was created, connecting everyone to everything. Its wealth of information is carried through print, audio, video, and personal networking. Never in the history of mankind has such a powerful tool existed to fulfill the Great Commission. As the printing press, radio, and television effectively opened doors for the gospel presentation, the internet has now become the most capable media as it combines accessibility and personal networking. But it's highly unfortunate that the most popular religious website is not Christian, but Mormon, and they're using the internet to grow their religion exponentially. Many other faiths and philosophies are also successfully interacting with their audience online. But Christians have yet to build a website that unifies a church under the Bible and draws a seeker into a local evangelical community until now. Carver, if you could give a little more volume on that for this next video clip coming up, I'd be that would be great. I would greatly appreciate that. I'm getting old and hard of hearing. Huh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, guys, here's what I want to introduce to you this morning. We've partnered with truelife.org, and for 2019, I want to give you the opportunity, and, and it's as simplistic as, I, as it could be, to share your faith. If you're not accustomed to sharing your faith, this is about as easy as it can get. Okay? And, and so, again... As your pastor, I want to equip you to do this. And so this morning, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond, to help in sharing the gospel with your circle of influence. And here's how it works. Here's the outreach plan for True Life. Ingredient number one is preach. I am preaching a message this morning reminding you, saint, of what Christ told us to do. Go and make disciples. And so once a month, I'm going to remind you of the Great Commission. The second thing is teach. And so I'm going to teach you how to use this tool so that it can be used for the furtherance of the gospel in our community and in your circle of influence. The third ingredient is Seek. I'm going to ask you to prayerfully seek someone that you can encourage with a simple card. Here's how it works. I'm going to show you this. We have these little cards. If I can find mine. Whoop, there it is. We've had these cards that have been made up. They're like a business card. You all get one who wants one in just a little bit says, Community Baptist Church, you are invited. You're invited. There's an idea. <gasps> Invite somebody to my church. That's a good idea, Pastor. I know it is. I know that's not you. 
That was my family member visiting. But anyway, <laughs> sorry if you're watching. You know who you are. <laughs> Just kidding. Sunday school, 9.45 a.m. There's a time to gather. They have another time to gather. They do 10.55 worship. There's a website on here. It's even got their address so I can find it. That's on this side, guys. But on the other side, it says truelife.org. Free video answers to life's hard questions. This is a cool little tool. Because let me tell you what happens. You show up and you say to somebody, Hey, I'd like to invite you to our church. On the other side is a website for some of life's hard-to-answer questions. How about give it a look sometime? I'm done. Here's what the website looks like if you're up here. If you want to scroll up or scroll down, I should say, you'll see there's all types of topics. So let's happen to say, let's hold it right there for a second. Go back down a second if you don't mind. Right there. Let's say that I'm in the grocery store line and I happen to hand this off to someone. And I don't know it, but God knows it. They're contemplating having an abortion. I don't know that. I'm just inviting them to my church. And they take this and they're struggling in their spirit. You didn't know this, but God knew it. And they go home and they say, I'm going to look this up. And they see this first topic. Where do you think they're going to be drawn? That's going to be one of the first videos they're going to look at. Let's say maybe I'm standing in line at Burger King, because I know y'all love Burger King, and you give this to the guy behind the register. And he's, he's having struggle because he doesn't think the Bible's true. His grandma's telling him about it, but he just, he got, he, you know, I just don't believe all that. Guess where he's going to probably look first on the video clip? Well, my mechanic, he's a great mechanic, but he's a Mormon. And if he doesn't know the Jesus of the Scriptures, he's going to die and go to hell. And I give him a simple invite. Hard to answer questions. Check out the website. And he goes, and guess what he's going to look at first? The video on Mormonism. Guys, this is an apologetic website coupled with evangelism. And these video clips all present the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you don't know how to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're a believer, number one, shame on you. You better know why you believe what you believe, why you believe it. Learn the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm going to let you off the hook this morning. You don't have to know the gospel. You just need to know how to extend your arm. Move your mouth. That's the plan. So, I believe we preach for decision. Too often times I don't give you the opportunity to respond to the message. Too often times I don't give you the opportunity to let God do what God wants to do and have you come to a point of decision. So here's what we're going to do. I'm asking you to commit to five cards. You would say, Pastor... I take that challenge. I will give out five cards this week. Five cards this week. I'm willing to do that. It can be a stranger. It can be a co-worker. Whoever God puts in your path. So, I want to ask you this morning. Are you willing to commit to giving out five cards this week? If you are, raise your hand please. Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Kids, you can participate. Children, 
you can participate. Raise your hand if you'd like to give out five cards this week. Varner kids, you're part of my family. This is not optional. Yeah. <laughs> We're going out. Yeah, that'll be 30 in this household at least, right? Keep them high, guys. If you're, if you're willing to give out a card, keep them up so we don't want to miss anybody. Okay? Again, this is not hard. There's, there's really, you know... We're making it as easy as possible for you to give out a card. As they hand these out, again, here's what you say. This is how to invite using truelife.org. I'd like to invite you to my church. On the back, there are answers to life's hard questions. God bless you. I'm going to leave it up there. Look at it. How to invite using truelife.org. I'd like to invite you to my church. On the back, there are answers to life's hard, hard questions. God bless you. See, I even bumbled it, but it doesn't matter. They got the card, hopefully. And you know what? They may say, no, thank you. That's fine. They have that right. Kick the sand off your shoes and move on. There's someone else out there who's willing. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll put those cards, Nate, if you would, on the counter on the way out. If you want to pick up a few, don't put them all out there, but just a, a few and pick up a few, but I'm asking you to commit to five. You've raised your hand, you've committed to five. Now here's what I'm going to do. Can I go back? Yes. You're going to seek ingredient three this week to give these to somebody. We're going to meet, Lord willing, next Sunday. Now don't not show up next week because you didn't do your homework. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you, how many of you got rid of your five cards this week? And I'm going to ask for a show of hands. And I want, it to, I want you to see the blessing, the encouragement, when the body of Christ actually does what Christ asks us to do. Share the good news. It's going to encourage you. It's going to build you up. We're getting equipped to evangelize the lost. So please be here next week and raise that hand. And then we're going to repeat these ingredients once a month. Once a month. And watch what God does through this ministry. Now, check this out. Stewardship is an exciting concept, and particularly as you think about how it relates to missions and engaging your people in missions. Talk about among your students and your children, how are you helping them to engage along with the adults to help yep. move in this direction? I tell you, one of, the, one of the neatest tools that God has put in our hand in the last few months is a ministry called truelife.org. Uh, these guys are set up, and they're, they're printing everything they've got going on, but it's, just a, it's a very low-impact way of engaging people in the community. It's just the size of a business card. It has truelife.org on one side, and then it has our church logo, address, information, and it just says you're invited. And just challenging people that, hey, when you go out to eat, leave this with your tip. When you go to the gas station, hand this to the lady behind the desk. And the stories that have come out of that from not only adults but from the youth in our youth group, giving them to their classmates, engaging people on the golf team with them, on the football team, all these different avenues of just where it may be uncomfortable them to say, hey, Micah, can I invite you to come to my church so that you can learn about Jesus? Is just say, hey, Micah, I want to give you this card. If you ever have any questions, just check it out. And it's, it's non-confrontive, and it's pretty much it's all in their hand after that. 
And then they go to that website, and it's got everything they could ever have a question about. We had a lady named Lana that started coming to our church about two months ago. She actually came on one of our True Life Commitment Sundays where we had the True Life cards. She picked it up. She heard me tell a story about a lady named Pam that worked at a gas station that I'd been engaging that she had actually met the week before. She went home that day, went on truelife.org, watched some of the videos. The following week, she came and sat down with me and my associate pastor for about an hour and a half. She was born and raised in Catholicism, confirmed, christened, went through the whole process, but as an adult, had come into a personal relationship with Christ. And at the age of 62, three weeks ago, I got to baptize her. Member of our Baptist church now, faithfully wanting to serve the Lord, using the gifts and abilities that she's given it. And it all came out of that, just that personal contact. If they can do it, you can do it too. We're going to show you an encouragement video each month. And there's some good ones, again, of how God's using this. So I just want to say that. Let me move real fast because i got some other things. So what else is new? Many people are asking, so what else is new? What else is new? Thank you. Well, I, I, was, I tried to tee that one up for y'all. Y'all did good. Y'all did good. Uh, see, what happens when we work together? This is nice. There is change coming. Caution, there is change coming to CBC. Welcome home Wednesdays, beginning in February, here at Community Baptist Church. Many people are saying... What is home? What is home? Uh, I'm glad you asked. Home is the name of our new Wednesday night outreach. I thought, hey, that's a good name because most of you like to stay at home on Wednesday nights anyway. <laughs> oh, that was good. I couldn't help myself on that one, man. That was, y'all, come on now. That, that's, I don't care. Yes, I have. <laughs> Nate knows. Nate was kind of like, oh, I don't know, Pastor. Ah, oh, trust me on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, game point. Look, so this is, we're making it simple. I want you to be home with your family on Wednesdays if you can. Home with your family. Home with your family. So here's what it looks like, guys. Hands-on ministry effort. Wednesday night's completely re revamped. We're changing it. Old Wednesday is out the door. In is the new Wednesday. So here's what it looks like. It's going to be a hands-on ministry effort. So the first Wednesday night of every month, the first Wednesday night of every month, we're going to gather in the gym. There's not going to be nursery and children's church, but we're going to have plenty of things for the kiddos and the babies and the, uh, the senior saints, the, the, the middle-aged folk, the teenagers, everybody. We're going to gather in the gym, and the kids are going to write little notes. They're going to color little pictures, and we're going to actually write some handwritten letters. Anybody ever get handwritten letters? They mean a lot more today than they used to in some ways because they're very rare. We're going to write our missionaries. We're going to write our shut-ins. We're going to write those folks who would like to be here on Wednesday night, but can't. Which, by the way, younger generation, if you can drive, why not offer someone a ride for Wednesday? I hear it from my ladies all the time, um, and now getting into somewhere my, some of my men, same way. They don't want to come out at night because they can't drive at night. They can't see good. But they would, they would be here if somebody was just willing to give them a ride. That's how you can serve. Why not allow that to happen? Wednesday, home, handwriting letters. Guess what? We'll start at 7 o'clock. We may be done at 7.30. I said may. <laughs> but I assure you, it's not going to be 8.15. Hear me, praise team. All right? We might actually get y'all practicing at 7.45. You might be done at 8.30. Wow, wouldn't that be nice? No excuses, right? All right, let's see what happens. Second Wednesday night, our gathering together to eat. 
Ooh, yeah, I got one person excited over there already. Who don't like that we're Baptists? We like to eat. Okay, so we're going to provide the opportunity for us to just have a meal together on Wednesday. Now, the deacons and their families have been doing this already. And so the idea is we're going to get together, we're going to have some food. And so now in order for that to work effectively, what we'll do is we'll put out a sign-up sheet once a month. And if you're planning on coming on that night, you'll need to sign how many are coming. you got a whole month to decide that, guys. I want to be there for the meal. Four of us will be there. Six of us will be there. And we'll come in on that Wednesday and we'll just have a good meal together. All right? And, um, and so we'll talk more about that. Obviously, uh, I know with the planning aspect, uh, we're going to try and stagger that so that it's not on one person's shoulders all the time, but everyone that's coming, you'll be asked a specific item to bring. You know how this works. We've been doing this long enough. That's, this is the easy night. And we'll just get together and have some fellowship. We'll have some food. And that's the second Wednesday night of every month. Then the third Wednesday night is the Make Gift Packs night. Now, many of you know Miss Maria uh, Tyson's wife is getting ready to be, de- uh, she's being deployed. She's going to be gone for six months. And we need to really come alongside Tyson and Charlotte and help him with her and, and help minister to them. But I'd also like for us to minister to her and, and the, the, the ones that she's responsible over and working alongside in our military. And we've done this with the auditors before and their son. And so I'd like for us to do this with Maria. And so on a night like a Wednesday night, guess what we're going to do? We're going to find out items that we can send to them. We're going to put together care packets. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to also send some down here to the town of LaGrange. And all of our leaders in the local town of LaGrange and Community Baptist Church is going to let their light shine to our people of the community. We're going to send some things to the, to the line crew and the, and the garbage men that pick up your garbage every week faithfully, right? And do a good job. We're going to show them we love them and we appreciate them. We're going to send some to the volunteer fire department, the, the police department. We, we're going to try and send some uh, items into the school so that they can go in the teacher's lounge. And so that when they come in, there's a gift basket or, or a, a bunch of goodies that they can have and snack. And it's compliments of community Baptist church. This is what our Wednesday nights is going to look like. And so it's going to be a hands-on ministry effort. And then that fourth Wednesday night, praise team, you have the night off. You're not practicing that night. i got to meet with Danielle and, and Randall that night, but the rest of you got the night off. Except for this. When I say the night off, you have the night off to go and encourage someone who is not able to come to church as much as they used to. We've got people who would love a visit. Maybe you've got that coworker that you've been trying to witness to encouraging you've given them a card i want you to take that wednesday night to go and encourage someone do a visitation just go visit someone maybe it's in your neighborhood maybe it's out in 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 gripton or pikeville or or pink hill wherever you're at there's somebody in your neighborhood you've been praying about and you just want to go be a witness to them be an encouragement you set up that time on that fourth wednesday to go and be a blessing and an encouragement to them on that night church there's no reason we can't be the church It's not for lack of knowledge, and it's not for lack of opportunity. We have those. The hands-on ministry effort on Wednesday nights. Let's take the Word of God from our seats to the streets. Hashtag, go and grow. Hashtag, preach, seek, meet, repeat. Y'all can feel free to shout that out now if you want to. Oh, I'm going to do it. That's a good one right there, preacher. Here's one for you. We'll close it out with this. 
Hashtag, don't do church. Be the church. Guys, we can be the church. It's just a matter of surrendering, not my will be done, thy will be done. Let's pray. Father, we've been presented with an opportunity. We've been presented with a challenge. We're starting light. Five cards. Five simple invites. I pray for those who are a little nervous about it, maybe never done this before. Lord, give them confidence in you. Give them the encouragement they need to just simply hand it to somebody. I'd rather it just go silently into the hands of someone if they are fearful to speak. Because, Lord, you said your word's not going to return void, and that's what is on this card. It leads them to a place where your word is found. Your truth can be discovered. And so I ask, Lord God, collectively, all of our hearts coming before you, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. And, Lord, we just want to be used. Ignite this church in its unity. Join us together in passion for the gospel of Christ. Let's lay aside the pettiness and let us look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, because our race is but short, and when we cross the line, it's done. And the one thing we cannot do in heaven is be a witness for Christ in evangelizing the lost. And yet I feel in the day of accountability, we would have wished we had taken those opportunities. So Lord, help us to stand before you not ashamed, but rejoicing in who you are and what you've done in us and through us. And so may you be glorified in this effort of outreach. Lord, may you bless our Wednesday night gatherings starting in February, that you again would help us to just be your agents of change throughout this community, this state, and the world for the cause of Christ. And we will give you the praise in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And for his name's sake we pray. Amen.